welcome to I Caught It on Audio. This is Ride or Die episode 13, Aerosmith, part 4, the end. Welcome to I Caught It on Audio. Today we are continuing our Ride or Die series and we're going to be focusing on the band Aerosmith. This is going to be our fourth and final uh look into the entire discography of the band and we're going to be covering the albums um nine lives just push play honking on bobo and music from another dimension so up first is the album nine lives which uh, came out in 97 so we've got another four-year gap between albums here probably again because they were touring and touring and touring would be my best guess as to why it was so much we've got a different producer oh we're back with columbia records too yeah um uh, someone named kevin shirley Uh, i think this is the first time that he's produced with aerosmith but also aerosmith is credited with um production on this one got a huge list of singles got falling in love is hard on the knees hole in my soul pink which i know is dan's favorite song Mm -hmm. full circle and taste of india um what else do we have i think i don't i think we've still got the main five guys I, i think we have that for the rest of the rest of the catalog but yeah um this is an album that um came out when we were in well, it was 97 so it would have been the year that dan and i graduated and um aerosmith toured heavy on this one too and we i saw them three times on this tour and dan i think you saw them twice is that right yeah we we went to um to uh the silver no the palace at auburn hills mm-hmm. and i think we also caught them at the van andel in grand rapids yep and then yeah, I think you won another a third time. I don't remember where that was, but yeah, it was another one in Detroit. I don't remember if it was the Palace or if it was the uh, Joe, but mm-hmm. another one of the big venues in Detroit. I remember that show in um, at the at the Palace at Auburn Hills because we were directly in front of uh, Brad Whitford's massive pile of uh, Marshall stacks or whatever oh, he yeah. was playing through. And I gained an appreciation for uh, his guitar parts and knowing which ones are his, but also I was completely deaf. We were, right. we were like, like I don't know, in the first ten rows or something at that one, right? We were right I down there. I think we were row seven. Um, yeah, yeah, we were way up there. I have the ticket stub somewhere. I could look it up. But. Yeah, I'm actually going to grab mine real quick. Well, yeah, that was that was amazing, but that was incredibly loud. <laughs> we saw them, Palace of Auburn Hills. And that was row row eight. Row eight. Okay. Um, that was in June. Um, right we saw them we before that at the Van Andel. And we were row AA. Was that front? Was that the time we were front row? Um, was it? I don't remember being front row, but. Okay. Maybe it was the other time that I saw them at Van Andel. Yeah. Front row. So that says row A. Yeah, you might have been right up there. You were definitely um, doing your Grateful Dead version uh, with Aerosmith. At oh that yeah, time. yeah. No, I, I, I saw. I mean, saw them what three times in six months. Yeah, seven months. So that was yeah. a long tour. If they came back, <laughs> came back around to uh, to, to Michigan uh, a second time. Yeah, it, yeah, it was amazing. It was it was such a cool show, and 
um, much like we've talked about for a lot of their albums, this one starts off with Nine Lives, which is just a punch you in the face right away, get things rocking, uh, no holds barred song. And if I remember, that is how they started every, uh, certainly every show that that I saw them at was with Nine Lives, just cranked. Um, and they, you know, this they had these giant curtains that fell, you know, fell to the ground with lights behind them and stuff that fell to the ground once the uh, song, song started going. And um, yeah, it was an incredible show. So on to the album, Zach, um, what, what are your thoughts on this album? It, it took me a little bit to get into, and I find that kind of strange because it, it doesn't seem like that much of a departure from get a grip. Right. Um, it, it, it seems like a good, good continuation of that, that style, that songwriting, that, that kind of, you know, mid nineties era. Um, so I, I don't really know what the deal is. I never loved the falling, uh, the falling in love is hard on the knees. Um, uh, single that's kind of one of my least favorite singles but i still kind of like it <laughs> and he, like it, it's still catchy and it's still kind of um, uh manages to to uh get its way in uh, into my into and out of my subconscious <laughs> right it's times. one of those songs where you they kind of overplayed it on the radio but here we are 25 plus years later and when i hear it i'm like oh, okay i kind of i kind of like that song yeah. And there are lots of other ones. I really liked, uh, ain't that a bitch. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like the, uh, the sort of, uh, Indian music, um, influence, the, um, the taste of India, if you will. Right. Exactly. And, uh, <laughs> and, and yeah, like, I mean, I, it, it took me a, l- a couple listens to really, really get the feel of it. Like the, 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 um, uh, that's a one song crash that has like that cool stereo effect going on the chorus where it's like, mm-hmm. you know, one word is said on the left channel and then another one on the right. It's got some really cool stuff like that. Um, if the, the thing that I think is really strange of it, I, I was always confused about the album art. Um, you know, f- for me, it's for me, like I always kind of go into it thinking like, Oh, I, you know, I want the whole package. Like the, the album art kind of says something about it. And then the, and then the, um, the music has its own sort of voice about what, what they're trying to do. And this, this one always kind of struck me in, the, in a similar vein of, uh, was it night in the ruts? Um, mm-hmm with the, you know, the weird like cave thing. And it, it just felt like kind of unbalanced and incoherent and kind of going in strange directions. And this, this one was the same way too, with the cat on the, on the, um, the, the wheel with the, the knife wheel. And interestingly enough, like as I was reading more about the album, uh, apparently they had a different cover art, but it got huge backlash um, from the people of India, uh, yeah, because, Hindus yeah, specifically, yeah, because of the the use of their um, religious symbolism in ways that they they didn't appreciate in such and a I, cla- classy manner, right? Right. Well, yeah, <laughs> a cat with boobs. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I'm not going to speak to any of that, but I do definitely like the the original cover cover art uh, much more so than the than the new one. Um, but uh, but yeah, let's let's go. What do you guys think about this one? Why don't you go, Dan? Well, I, I think both cover arts are pretty pretty terrible, but the actual <laughs> final one is probably worse. I don't know if that's an endorsement of the first one, but. What I wrote down. You think uh, the uh, the guy wearing the the cat wearing the Aerosmith <laughs> shirt uh, strapped to the board is worse? 
yeah. Okay. Remember, remember how cool their album art was for like, um, for like their their um their classics live and all their like or yes, uh, like all their old stuff. And you're their, like, wow, this album art is too. super cool. Yeah. At 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 some point, I don't know maybe at pump and i don't dislike the pump cover or i think it's you know i, I get it yes <laughs> clever yes but like Dude, it's, it's, it's a photo it's a reference you know. to that truck ran out of fuel so they need to bring it to the gas pump yeah yeah i'm sure what's going that's, on there. that's what it means but from that point on the uh cover art gets worse and worse i think uh, as we go along here but um but yeah that, so that's that's the cover art which is kind of irrelevant you don't have to look at it if you don't want to so uh <laughs> uh this this album i this 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 is the bookend to our like high school because get a grip came out when we were freshmen or maybe just before we were freshmen but the year that that we went into high school and then this came out right right before we graduated like a mm-hmm. month or two before we graduated um so i we listened to this a lot obviously I, I went to a couple shows in this tour, like I mentioned. Um, and uh, when we were going to come back to this one, um, I haven't listened to this much in a long time. Um, and I was kind of thinking that there's the songs I remember falling in love, uh, hole in my soul, um, full circle, taste of India, uh, kiss your past goodbye those are the ones that like stuck in my memory and i was like are the other songs going to be any good is, are they, is it is, is it going to just be that and then a bunch of like forgettable stuff but actually i think this is a really strong album um i think i might like it as certainly as much as the previous few albums uh i think um it's surprisingly heavy there's a lot of a lot of hard rock on here yeah um, uh, there definitely is yeah and i always enjoy that um Falling in Love, you're right, it's not the strongest song, but I kind of like the little spike of horns in there. It's kind of a mm-hmm. permanent vacation type uh, feel to it. Um, the only song I don't like, to be honest, is, as you mentioned, Dave, Pink. Your, and I don't know, I'm not, not being rational about this. It just drives me crazy. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why. I just, uh, may, maybe it's the, uh, maybe it's some of the um, the uh, terrible lyrics. Let me, let me, let me give you a little taste. Of, a, of of pink, uh, <laughs> pink as the bing on your cherry, pink because you are so very. And then my favorite, my favorite one is, uh, I I want to be your lover. I want to wrap you in rubber, and it's pink <laughs> as the sheets that we lay on. Because pink, it's my favorite crayon. Yeah. So yes, I, I get it. I get it, Stephen Tyler. Uh, uh, we're talking about junk here, and uh, that mm-hmm. that's fun. I don't know the combination of the lyrics, the the song, the production. Maybe they, they just got played on the radio too much. But I went from oh yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a pretty good one to I hate this song back in like ninety eight or ninety nine, and uh, I feel the same way. That that my mind did not change on that. Um, did not love that one. But Zach, you're right. Ain't, ain't that a bitch is awesome. Crash and the farm really grew on me. I like them more now than I did when the album came out. I remember thinking. Even back in '98, when Taste of India came on, I was—I'm I'm always like, "Oh, it's this sitar one. Is—is ah, is this cheesy? Is this? Does this work?" Mm-hmm. And then the riff kicks in. I'm like, "No, ne- never. Yeah, it seems tacked on to me. It's—it it seems very gimmicky. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. But then but the riff kicks in, and I'm like, "Oh, never mind. This song's great." Yeah. Because um, once it starts going with when, when you got the whole rhythm section kicking in, and and the and the main riff comes in, I'm like, "Well, this this, this is great." Um, I did want to mention. Basically, when I when I was listing my highlights, it's all the songs that aren't pink. So I could talk about all of them. Um, 
I do want to mention a couple of things that have always stuck in my memory. One is um, I'm not sure that um, Hole in My Soul is one of the best songs on there, but I have a very distinct memory of um, of uh, being a freshman in, in college and we had our loud, loud hours at the dorm. And uh, there was one, there was one, uh, one loud hour when people, people would crank music all the time and someone had their windows open and their, their system cranked and they were playing hole in my soul. And uh, I remember walking into the dorm as they were cranking it up right in the part where uh, he goes super high at the end, uh, blowing out the flame. And I was like, sometimes you just need to hear a song in the right context to really, really like it. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. That's right. This album's great. And I went back and listened to it a bunch. And that that's, I'm not sure if that's a great song or not, Hole in My Soul, but I I have very, very fond memories of that. And, it, and I heard it at the right time, and it, and, it, and it really sort of ingrained itself. And then the other song I wanted to mention was Full Circle. Um, mm. I love the opening drum part. And, you know, it comes back a little bit later, the, the, the big, long fill. Um, I think of this, I was thinking about this as I was listening to it in the last couple of weeks, it feels to me like a companion piece to dream on. Not it's, I know it's not quite the same ballad. It's more of like a, like a sing along, but it's, it's, uh, it has a lot to say. Like dream on was about sort of like looking forward and, and, and sort of like going after your dreams, you know, like from the perspective, like of a, like a 20 year old, you know, when he wrote it, um, when Tyler wrote it, but, this one was a little bit more of like, all right, I've lived, you know, I've lived for, you know, 25 years or 30 years since then. And um, these are the things that I found are important. I, I went after the dream and I, I achieved it, you know, and then mm-hmm. this is what I think is, is important. I don't know. It always makes me think of dream on um, really. I, this is a, I was surprised how much I knew I was going to like at least a bunch of the songs. Cause I remember listening to this album a lot back in 98, 99, but I thought this was really strong. I really liked it. Uh, Dave, what are, what are your feelings going back to this one? Yeah, I love this album. It's, um, it's kind of my, my, uh, draw the line for this era. Um, you know, you've got, you've got pump and permanent vacation and, uh, excuse me, get a grip, which are the real big albums from this era. And this one still has that feel, but I don't think it was as successful. Like this is when, when the, the hype of Aerosmith kind of dies down. No, it's not to say it was a failure because it wasn't by any means. I don't think it has that kind of feel for me, much like um, draw the line did for the, their first, first era where it's it's still a really good album but it's not quite on the same level as the, as the uh rocks or toys in the attic or any of those and yeah i i think it's phenomenal i everything you guys said about the songs i think one one you didn't touch on is fallen angels and maybe this is my love of aerosmith ballads uh but it might be that might be my favorite track on the album and it's you know it's an epic it's a ballad it's uh i just love that song and it's i i didn't realize this but uh richard richard supa is one of the co-writers on it again i mm-hmm. don't think we've seen him for a while yeah mm-hmm. not since um, the dark days yeah <laughs> so that i thought that was kind of cool but yeah i don't i mean pink is it is what it is uh, another richard supa <laughs> collab never mind that bastard <laughs> i hate him <laughs> <laughs> Um, the radio tracks got played a ton, but I still, you know, coming back to them 
like I said, they they have a. I, I look, come back to them fondly, but yeah, I absolutely love this album. I don't think it's quite one of my top three. And considering there's already, I think I counted six top three albums prior yeah. to this. Um, that's that's okay. It's in your top five, though, right? But it's probably in my top five, <laughs> um, which has which, like ten, which puts it among ten albums. Yeah, yeah. yeah I I really like it. it's it's one I can put in the car and I can you know put in the CD player. Actually, we just got Jack a uh, 2007 Corolla because he's learning to drive, and my mom was selling it cheap. So one of the albums that I grabbed to put in there was this one because you know I knew it was coming up um, for this, and I was like, "Oh no, this is actually really cool. I I love listening to this, and it's it's much different listening to it as as an album as opposed to part of a big playlist. I kind of miss that about about the physical media." Yeah. Where it's like the album ends and now you need to make a decision. Do I just hit play again or do I <laughs> do I dig another CD out of the uh out of the CD book? And with this one, I remember it would often just be hit play again. So yeah, I've just let it loop, loop back around. That, that yeah. was one of my favorite things about about CDs in the cars. It's like, yeah, I'm gonna listen to that again exactly. <laughs> all the way through. You're, you yeah. guys are right. And what's great about this album is the first like five songs through full circle through full circle are, are really strong and yeah. like a lot of them were like radio or very memorable and mm-hmm. then like the back half of the album is like surprisingly good with slightly less well-known ones you know yeah um so like it, you keep wanting to go through it again and again because like, oh well I, I could hear nine lives again and then well i, I want to get the full circle and then you're like oh that's right attitude adjustment's pretty good and oh that's right I, you know crash is is pretty good and uh, it just, yeah, it, it makes you want to keep going through it over and over again. Yeah, this this one really jumped up and surprised me uh, yeah. how uh, how much I enjoyed going back to it. I have fond memories, but I kind of thought, ah, maybe it won't be as good as I remember. And and, I, and even in those days, I was like more concentrated on like the 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 more obvious, you know, the radio stuff and, mm-hmm. and the more immediately accessible stuff. I found the other album tracks, the non radio stuff, to be like at least as gratifying, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Up next in the playlist, we've got uh, the Aerosmith's contribution to the Armageddon soundtrack. Uh, We've got the, what's her name? Diane Warren. Diane Warren, yep. uh, Written, I Don't Want to Miss a Thing, which was a huge hit. I think it's their only number one, their only Billboard number one hit, oddly. Um. And then they've also got a an album track called uh, "What Kind of Love Are You On," and then of course the uh, little animal crackers, uh, which I'm not sure why that was put on on as a track, but uh, it's, am, it's a B side for the single. Do you want do you want and to know what I wrote in my notes? It was for on the album. Day? Oh, it was okay. Yeah, yeah. It was it was on the soundtrack album, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yep. I've got it over there somewhere. My, my <laughs> notes for Animal Crackers are "fuck you, Dave." Uh, <laughs> I listened to it once and then skipped it every other time because I have always hated it. Just I don't need Ben Affleck whispering sweet nothings about Animal Crackers in a bad accent. Oh, I, I, that is that makes my skin crawl. Oh my yeah. goodness! Yeah, I do think it's important to talk about. Um, don't want to miss a thing. Yeah. Because it's such a huge hit for them. Yeah. And I think it's a harbinger for where Steven Tyler decided um, success lay going yeah. forward. Uh, it, to me, it sounds like I know it was written by Dan Warren and the guys are the rest of the guys are playing on it. 
But is there any personality of anybody other than Steven Tyler on this song? No, no, like it's, there's it's zero the personality. Boringest, least interesting song in their catalog. Yeah. That being said, and I love to rag on this song, but it's also one of my secret favorites. Is it? <laughs> yeah. I, 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 every time it comes on, I'm always like, oh, I, lo- I love that song. <laughs> that is it, not the way I feel. It's a, well, it's, it's you a should huge feel guilt for that, Zach. I, and I do. So I do. I'm, I'm very ashamed that I'm outing myself on this on this podcast <laughs> that, that I, I do love. I don't want to miss a thing. And I also like the other one, too. The uh, uh, What was that what, one called? The, what kind um, of lover you are? What kind of lover you are? Yeah. It's amazing. That's, that's got a great driving. It, it's just so... It just keeps it like pumps me up when I when I yeah. hear it, and 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 that one's more true to Aerosmith. Oh yeah. Um, and, and honestly, I wish I kind of wish that they just would have called this one Steven Tyler's song and just left it at that. Yeah. Um, the, for the I don't want to miss a thing because right. I feel like that's more like it's just a solo song by him, but it I, I still think it's a really good song. Like it, and I've heard it so many times, and yet when it when I hear it, whether it's in passing or you know in a store something like that or for this thing um it just it brings back all the memories of that of the you know the late 90s and the how more how simpler things were you know mm-hmm. <laughs> at that dave, time dave did you did you go to that uh showing of armageddon after work at village inn um when we went when the, i went there with uh i don't think so at least matt you were working there at the time but yeah yeah. I have a, I have a memory of that where we, we, I was getting trying to get out of work so I could make um, Armageddon because a bunch of us were going to see it down at Showcase. Um, oh my! Uh, yeah, back when that existed, uh, and uh, I, I missed like the first ten minutes. And um, not that I I feel bad about missing any minutes you of Armageddon. Miss the first, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you didn't miss any. But uh, well, it's you know this is a Michael Bay uh, yeah. song. Like I mean, yes. it, it, for Aerosmith, it's like. It's it pulls up all the stops, goes for it, and it tries to please the audience in every way possible. And the execution is you cannot complain about it. Mm-hmm. Like the the singing is is amazing. They they they're like, hey, this needs strings. Let's give them all the strings. Let's let's really draw this out. Uh, I I don't feel. I don't have as ha- many happy memories as you do, Zach, but you can't say that it's not a, a well-executed song. It's yeah, he couldn't it, have done it any better. It's just, it's just not really what I want from Steven Tyler, but he certainly does the crap out of it. And, and I will say this. Um, I don't want to miss a, a minute of Armageddon because that is one of my guilty pleasures. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All Michael Bay movies are a bit le- that way. Like you're like, yeah. this is ridiculous, but do I kind of want to watch the rock right now? Well, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of <laughs> do. You need to watch the uh, director's cut, the like three and a half hour long version. <laughs> from Criterion. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that was a weird one. When I heard the Criterion was doing Armageddon, I was like, I, I don't, I'm not sure what Criterion is trying to do here anymore. I don't, I'm right. not sure if I get it. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right so up next we've got the album uh just push play this one came out again four years later uh 2001 and we've got um steven tyler and joe perry as the lead uh as the top billings for producer on this one and then we've got uh, mark hudson and marty uh F- fredericks fredrickson fredrickson yeah. that's a lot of cooks in the kitchen yeah and uh, I think you can hear it. Yep, you can definitely hear it. Um, this one, I 
I did purchase when it originally came out. I know I listened to it several times because I went when I went back to listen to it, every single track was familiar. So it wasn't just the kind of thing where I listened to, you know, where I heard the radio tracks, which were incidentally uh, jaded, just push play, fly away from here and sunshine, whatever. Uh, I don't remember hearing anything other than jaded on the, on the radio, but apparently they had four singles on this one. This is a very unmemorable album to me. I thought I had purchased it, listened to it once or twice and put it away because I didn't particularly care for it. No, I knew all the songs. Like I knew them well as I went back and listened to it. What, uh, what did you guys think on this one? I, I may have the, uh, the, the alternating opinion on this one, but I actually really like it. I, I don't like the title. I think the title is dog shit. I think the, uh, the cover art is kind of terrible. Um, <laughs> so the, the package deal is a problem, but, uh, I really like the first half of it or like the really? one through one through six. Yeah. The first half of it. Um, I think it starts really strong with beyond beautiful and it's, it, it's, it's definitely very poppy, but I'm okay with that. Like, uh, you know, for the, they've, they've done the other stuff so well that, you know, they can try something new. And I really like how they did try and go in a, a different direction on like, uh, out of your head. That one seems almost a little bit electronic at, mm-hmm. at, at parts. Oh, I was going to say that I, I thought you might get, get something more out of this because there was a bit more electronica in it. Yeah. 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 So I, I think it, it pushes some of those buttons that, that I, that I like more so than you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- this, for me, this, this album is, is much stronger. I, I don't love some of the lyrical motifs and just push play. It's very repetitive and doesn't really have a, have a strong, like what, what's the, what's the point? You're just, I, I it, it, it didn't, that one, I like the song. It just like the lyrics didn't really work for me, but uh, I think jaded is, is really cool. That was a good, a good single um, trip hopping is again, another kind of different one that, uh, that they, they, they they were they're trying to step outside their their normal their normal realm of writing mm-hmm. and and um playing and so I, I i appreciate that i think it's i think this one for me anyway this one is, is definitely a stronger one for this this group of of albums uh, dan what do you think uh strong disagree uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i uh i would say that about half the time maybe it works um it's this the maybe it's the strength of the of the musicianship and the and and the songwriting um i do remember just with play on the radio and jaded those are the only two songs that i remember because i did not listen to this one at all so i didn't i didn't have a uh sort of a a preconceived idea other than those songs were just okay in my mind they weren't it was a oh i guess i shouldn't listen to aerosmith anymore is kind of the the feeling i got back in 2001 when i when i heard mm-hmm. these um the ones for me the ones that don't work are really really bad um so uh what i the feeling i get from this album i guess what i but it feels to me like low-rise jeans and spiked bleached blonde hair it feels like 2001 like <laughs> hardcore and i understand why they were sort of trend chasing um and I'm not, that sounds pejorative, but I mean, they were, they were trying to incorporate what was going on in music at the time to be relevant. And that makes sense because when they did that in the eighties, it was wildly successful. Yeah. Uh, this, this was not as successful. I don't, I mean, certainly it didn't, it was not as 
this era is not as uh, successful as that era. I found the stuff when they were incorporating like like rapped lyrics uh, in the verses, like on uh, like Just Bush Play and um, what was the other one? Uh, I think it was Out of Your Head. Um, there's a couple songs where he's kind of rapping and I'm just like, ah, this, I don't know. This, this isn't good. Um, they just it had a real feeling that they were trying, they were trying to be current and okay. That that's fine. I just, I did not, it did not work for me. Uh, songs that I liked, I have down jaded. Uh, I was spent a lot of time trying to figure out what this song reminded me of. And it's, it's that, that it's it's the dancing days riff from led zeppelin oh, uh, yeah. which is fine i mean the people do it all the time uh i thought that was interesting it's really radio friendly um big chorus you know playing to their to their strengths in this era that worked pretty well under my skin had a wasn't the best song but had a cool riff um guitar riff um uh, what was it? Love Lies. I thought that one was pretty good. It was kind of Beatlesy. Um, and then I really liked the uh, the Joe Perry uh, vocal one, Drop Dead Gorgeous. I just think it has a good good chorus riff. Um, the other ones I did not like. Uh, the ones, basically all the other songs, I thought were pretty awful. This to me is the worst uh, Aerosmith album I've 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 heard. I'd I'd rather listen to Rock in a Hard Place. Uh, then, then really, uh, yeah, I, I really did not, when oh, it doesn't see, I, work, it, it goes really wrong, but I, I don't feel as strongly about that bad era as of Aerosmith as you guys do either. I, I don't think, I, I definitely don't agree with you on that. I think this is just a mundane album that didn't have much to say. Um, they did try a few, few new things, but, um, I, I don't think it was, I don't, I wouldn't classify it as a bad album. I just think it's not interesting. Yeah. Oh, the last thing uh, to mention um, is um, uh, I, I just had such a weird moment when I was listening to it. And I was like, you know, the song um, uh, Light Inside, or it's near the end of the album. Mm-hmm. And they use that sort of like drum loop at the beginning. I was sitting there thinking, this reminds me of Gravity Kills. I never thought I would nah. be thinking that about Aerosmith, but this is like a gravity kills drum part. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't know. Didn't work for me at all. I, 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 I think it's pretty weak, even if you don't feel aggressively that like the, 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 the stuff that didn't age well, or, or the, the more like, that's my opinion, I guess, but these sort of, uh, electro, uh, elements to it. Uh, I don't think it has that many strong songs, um, particularly memorable songs, but, you know, it is subjective, but yeah, this did not work for me at all. All right. It, it seemed kind of like a, a diamond in the rough because I was really expecting it to be like terrible. And, and, and for you, it was terrible. But for me, yeah. I was like expecting something and then it went a different direction. I was like, oh, this is kind of surprising. But now that you bring up the whole thing about the rap metal um, and the, that era, you know, like the new metal and the Limp biscuits and the corn, I hate it. Uh, this, now, now I'm now I'm <laughs> I, I, now I'm I'm against this. <laughs> <laughs> no. I've convinced you. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, no. 
no, to me, what, when I when I listened to it, the rap parts, it, it kind of I I was just I wasn't thinking that because I really wasn't actually making the connection of the time period and the date. But for me, it was almost it was kind of I thought they were throw, throwing back to the um, the walk this way with Run Run DMC. Mm. That's what I was kind of getting out of it. But now that you mention it, that does make a lot more sense. And my hate grows. Uh, I, w- I was a corn fan, so I, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to hate too much on it. Um, We're revealing all our guilty pleasures in this podcast. I, I was an idiot yeah. and I still am, but I was back then more. So. Well, all right, let's move on. Yeah, well, uh, one, uh, to move on to the next one, I, I was reading the Wikipedia entry how Joe Perry was talking about how he doesn't like this album. Um, yeah. and um, Just push play? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm not surprised. It's his, it's his least favorite. He, he says... Uh, where is the quote? Up oh, when we recorded, there was never a point when all five members were in the room at the same time, and that our our major strength is playing together. It was a learning experience for me. It showed me how not to make an Earthsmith record, and I think the next record we're going to talk about, they made a specific effort to play songs live and play in the room together, and yeah. um, that's not the only reason that this the next record's great, but I think this record does feel really patched together and maybe yeah. Street, maybe it doesn't, but it doesn't feel very much like Aerosmith. Whereas right. the next honking on Bobo, which is the well, next one we'll talk about. Yeah. We've, we've got two we songs first that, though. Oh uh, we've, yes. That's we've got right. a couple, a uh, couple bonus tracks that were on the, Oh yeah. Oh, ultimate yeah. Aerosmith. Uh, <laughs> I, I forgot about these. Which, and, yeah. and they're completely forgettable. Um, Girls of summer. I don't, any I song like, that makes me think that there, I'm, Impeding people in traffic. Uh, what the hell is when you're like, I like Girls of Summer. What is that middle part? Like, it's a fine s- pop song, but what is that middle part where they stop it? Is it just for the music video? I, I, I would imagine so. Oh, wow. Mm. That's. That's that was a mistake. Yeah, yeah, no, that that part I did not like. Um, but I, I did like Girls of Summer. Although I thought it was, yeah, no, I, I like I like most of it. I didn't like that that little okay. middle part, but um, I liked most of it. The hook was good. Um, I I kind of thought it was like a like some sort of uh, Van Halen or eighties eighties hair band cover song because it it sort of felt like that type of era, uh, you know, like just you're having a good time in the summer and there's girls around and stuff like that. But, uh, mm-hmm. I, I was okay with this one. I was not okay with lay it down, uh, that I, I don't even, I, I listened to it probably three times. I don't remember anything about it. Yeah. All right. Well, and th- that's, unless uh, that's all that needs to be said on those two, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Um, up next is, uh, as Dan alluded to, Bring on the Bobo. Bobo. Yep. yep. Um, which came out uh, three years after Just Push Play. It only had one single on it, uh, Baby Please Don't Go. Um, again, Steven Tyler and Joe Perry were producers on this one, but there's a big, big difference. We've got Jack Douglas back in the studio, um, along with uh, Marty Fredrickson still, but um, Jack Douglas is the guy who produced... The early early era of Aerosmith, you know, had their old classic rock, bluesy, hard rock sound, and this album shows. This is a, a cover album. All there's one original, I believe. Yeah, the grind. The grind. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. And then some amazing, amazing blues covers. 
I just absolutely love this album. Um, Zach, why don't you, why don't you talk about this one? So I've got a little story, which is, um, I, I'm pretty sure I bought this the first day or at least the first week that it was out. Mm-hmm. And I have no idea why, because <laughs> I'm not particularly, uh, I was never particularly a huge Aerosmith fan. I was a fan, but I was nowhere near like your, your level, level. Right. Date. Well, I remember uh, or, you, uh, you called me and said, Hey, did you see this new Aerosmith album came out? I'm like no, so because you know the internet wasn't a big thing at the time. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> so I I went out and bought it, and yeah, I I may not have bought it had had you not told me about it. Yeah, and 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 I'm also not like a huge blues you know blues rock um, right. fa- fan either. I mean, it's perfectly fine category of music. I just don't seek it out that much. So. There's, this is a this is a strange anomaly, but man, is it a good album! Just like from start to finish, it's like near perfect. The production is amazing. the The song, the the sequencing, the the tracks, how they flow into each other, mm-hmm. um, even their own their own one that they wrote, the the grind. It, it's a great track, and it fits perfectly with the other ones. It doesn't Absolutely. sound like it's out of place or like you know some sort of weird ballad that they're trying to throw in, you know, amongst the the rest of it. Joe Perry singing the the back back train i think that yes. might be my my favorite track on the album and you know you guys know how i feel about joe perry's singing no but you're <laughs> not wrong he his this album is tailored to his singing style yeah, yeah. like a lot of the songs like the songs he sing i don't know that i w- would want tyler to sing yeah because i mean i love steven tyler don't get me wrong one of my favorite vocalists ever but the way Joe Perry sings fits this album perfectly. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. When he's doing the lower register, register stuff, it, mm-hmm. it it's much better than when he's trying to do like the higher, the falsetto things. Um, I will say this before, uh, before we move on to your, 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 uh, opinion, Dan, is that, um, while I was going through this for the, for this, uh, you know, listening to this a couple of times for this, um, podcast, uh, the, the thing that kept, kept hitting me in my mind was, this is the this is the album that you two should have done for Songs of Surrender. Yes. This is the smart album to do when you're an aging band that's near your end and you don't have you don't have good original music, you don't have your own your own voice or your own you, you've kind of lost the plot a little bit. This is what you did and Aerosmith did it and they knocked it out of the park. This is the perfect thing for that for that time period uh, for where they were as a band to come out and, and pick a bunch of songs that were from other other artists, cover them and just knock them out of the park and do it your own way. They they nailed it. So Dan, what do you think? <laughs> uh strong strongly disagree no just kidding that is great um you can't <laughs> i don't know who wouldn't like this uh <laughs> roadrunner and shame so i remember when this this came out dave and i think mm-hmm. you had your um your miata at the time um Ooh, yes i remember dr- driving around with this uh in the cd player cranked up and um i was i was checked out on aerosmith at the time and the first two songs, which which are are good, like they're they're they are quite good. Roadrunner and Shame, Shame, Shame. Uh, I I can't say that they're 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 not very enjoyable, but they are. They sound kind of similar to each other, um, and the the production is very sort of maximalist, considering it's blues rock or blues, mm-hmm. um, uh, which. Uh, to, to quote somebody somewhere that I read, 
Uh, if it's overdone, well, that's okay. It's what Aerosmith is good at overdoing <laughs> stuff, you know? So I remember thinking, oh, this is good. It's, it's uh, Aerosmith doing blues. That's cool. But then, like, it just slipped out of my mind, and I never really went back to it. Um, but what a uh, welcome surprise. Um, I mean, I knew it was going to be at least good because it's Aerosmith doing blues. Now, if I went back and chose my favorite 12 Aerosmith blues songs from all their previous albums, it might be as good or better um, because they're so good at it. Mm-hmm. But it did, they did some cool stuff in here. Like, I love love Backpack Train. The low vocals from, from um, Joe Perry are awesome. You, know, you never hear him do that. No. Um, but I also like how that one and Jesus is on the main line mm-hmm. um, have that sort of uh, blues feel, sort of acoustic blues feel that um, Hangman Jury and St. John had yep. off of Permanent, which are a couple of my favorite ones on that album. Also, fun note on those two songs, Tracy Bonham uh, sang backup on those, yeah. which is <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know that she was still popular in 2004, so it's an interesting choice, but she's great. Um, she's phenomenal. Yeah, and I love the uh, the Aretha Franklin um, cover, Never Loved a Girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Baby Please Don't Go. I mean, I know those songs very well and because they've been covered a million times, but they do great versions of it. Uh, I also love the Stop Messing Around. Um, Joe Perry, again, mm-hmm. is the right singer for this album. I mean, yeah. so is Steven Tyler, but there could well, have been more especially Joe since that was from the peter green era of well, he sounds like peter green yeah yeah uh, which is interesting because he doesn't normally exactly sound like peter green but this could have been just you could have told me this is a peter green song off of early fleetwood mac right and i would have believed you um yeah i the stuff the album for me only gets stronger as it goes on I would say the weakest song might be the original the grind but it's not a bad song it's it's a good one it's yeah it's um, great yeah uh this one is this is this is definitely in Dave's top three, I guess I would say. Uh, it's, I, I can't say it's the best one, but like there, this is one of maybe one of the few albums. I can't even say there's one song that I don't think is great. Even on the, some of their, their great albums, there's usually a song where I'm like, eh, I don't know. It's okay, I guess. It's forgettable. Or ah, that one, that one kind of bugs me a little bit. But I, like, I, for some reason, you know, um, the uh, the ballad on toys in the attic i'm like eh, I, i'd be fine not listening to it there's not a single song like this on i don't know if it reaches the heights of their very best but every song is like is is sort of top level aerosmith uh no complaints this thing is amazing yeah um just to reiterate what you said zach this is exactly what a band that has been recording for 40 30 years at this point um should be doing because yeah. they've clearly shown with press play that their their creativity is dwindling and especially Aerosmith man a band that th- you know as we've listened to over the last 30 years has done some amazing covers and you know they're they're not a cover band by any means but they when they do other people's music it is phenomenal um, and that that is just exemplified here. And I like you guys said, it's a great album, probably top three. I think that brings it up to seven top three albums. Yep. <laughs> it just depends on the day, right? I mean, or, or whether you're listening to it right now. Yeah, know? exactly. Well, I, and I want to mention, I briefly talked about this when Joe Perry was talking about Just Push Play and how they weren't in the same room ever. 
Um, I know that they played a lot of these live, and um, he's quoted as talking about this. Number one, they they recorded on his ranch, so right. they were comfortable. Um, and they said he said that they only played when they were in a good mood, and you can really feel how much fun they're having. Come that comes through really yeah. strongly. Yeah, and it's just them playing together as a band, and I, I I think that would be invigorating for them. And it sounds invigorating. They just sound like they want they want to be doing it, and I it always feels like well somebody wants to be doing it, you know, like on an album like Just Push Play. But I'm not convinced that everybody is excited about this particular song, you know. Whereas mm-hmm. on this one, they it just feels like they're all just like yeah, yeah, oh yeah, let let's learn it and let's let's play it. This is awesome, yeah. you know. Let's let's just play it with our way. Yeah, exactly. Know? These are the songs we grew up on that we love that made us the band that we are. Let's, you know, pay tribute and, and, and play them. Up next, we've got Music from Another Dimension, which came out in 2012. So it's been 11 years since they released a, uh, a studio album with originals, you know, a full original album. We're still on Columbia. We've got Jack Douglas as the lead producer. Tyler Perry and uh, Fredrickson are all also attributed as uh, producers. This is a long album, 68 minutes. Yeah. I think I read that it, it is their longest. I believe it. And um I got four singles on it, which man, I didn't I didn't even know this album came out. I don't know. I mean, this might have been in the in the void when there was no music coming out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we've got four singles. We got Legendary Child, Lover A Lot, uh, What Could Have Been Love, and Can't Stop Loving You. I don't know. What do you, what do you guys think of this one? I was dreading listening to this because like I, I didn't, I didn't even know it came out. And then when I, when I actually found out about it uh, again with the, you know, I'm, I'm the package deal kind of guy and the, the cover art, the name of the (laughs) album, nothing really strikes me as, Oh, this is Aerosmith. This is something that I want to, I want to, dive into. So I was absolutely dreading, dreading this one. And then, and when I gave it a chance that it does have some gem moments on there, I, I really like the guitar work, the reverse guitar stuff on legendary child. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of a cool, cool song that, um, almost in a way seems kind of like a throwback to some of their earlier, earlier stuff. And I don't know, like maybe in the way that they were titling it maybe it was supposed to be a throwback to last child now they're now that now it's the legendary child <laughs> uh, i don't know i'm probably reading too much into that but um but i really like that one uh i like outgo the lights yes that, that, one, one. that one sounds like last child yeah. that one that, that was exactly my my note on that one is this is a song off of rocks uh-huh. it's yep. so i mean just that funky uh lick um, and rhythm to it is just so good. Little, little cowbell. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the cowbell. Yep. Yeah. The cowbell definitely. Mm-hmm. And then the, the weird, you know, the, uh, the background singers doing their thing over and over. Like the first time I listened to it, I was like, I, I don't know what's going on here. Cause there's so much. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, that one, that one really grew on me. I, I grew to like it. And that one's actually one of the few, uh, just Tyler and Perry, uh, well, we actually get some just Tyler and Perry and actually yeah. everybody starts contributing again for the first time in a long time. Right. But the last yeah. last few albums have been fully co-written with professional songwriters. Mm-hmm. And there's very few that are co-written on this one. And Hamilton and Kramer and Whitford get involved again, which is which is, which great. is awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So what else, Zach? Uh, yeah, so the Outgo the Lights was the one that really stood out to me first. That one re- really jumped out, and I was like, yeah, this is this is some good stuff. Um, Street Jesus was an also, also another one that I really liked. Mm-hmm. But then I got to, I think it was track nine, Can't Stop Loving You. Oh, and, with Underwood? Oh, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, Carrie Underwood and the whole country vibe. And yep. I just, yeah, I, I, I was like, I now hate you, Aerosmith. <laughs> um, well, because it, it just feels, number one, it, it's not my style of music, so mm-hmm. I, I don't like the way that it sounds. But then also it just feels so forced and like an attempt at, I, I kind of think of the way that you guys were feeling with uh, the, um, you know, the, the rap metal and, and like uh, trying to, trying to shoehorn some of the, some of the, the um, popular music of that era into their own their own style it feels like it's just really forced trying to trying to produce a product and that's how i that's what i got about this it's like well we need a crossover hit that's good we can put on country radio so we can get some airplay you know and it just it just didn't work for me and i and i really really do not like that song and i i you know as far as ballads go i think that you know what could have been what could have been love or tell me uh, were perfectly good ballads and i'd I'd gladly take those over the over the country can't stop loving you um freedom fighter also so kind of rubbed me the wrong way. It's yeah. another Joe Perry. Uh, it, it just didn't work. Like it, it right. you know, it didn't sound right. There was something about it that was off. Especially and, and, after coming right off a of honking on Bobo. It's like, what, yeah. what happened? Yep. Uh, there were a lot of, uh, I'm looking at the Wikipedia. There are a lot of, um, guests on this. Julian Lennon did some backing vocals. Johnny Depp did some background vocals. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just lots, lots of, lots of people showing up and, and helping them out. But I don't know, overall, I, I, there were, there's some okay moments, but I, I think I'm glad that this is their last album and I'm glad that this is, that they, that they decided not to do anything else after this. Other How than about tour. you, Dan? Yeah, it feels like they're um so you mentioned it's a long album. It's like 68 minutes. There is a good 35 minute album in here. Mm-hmm. If they had just trimmed out some of the stuff, um I yeah, the the country one it feels it feels sort of like a desperate attempt. It it feels like it feels like when Bon Jovi and Kid Rock and, you know, all those guys were like, "Oh, maybe I can get a country hit, you know, cuz it's like that's fine like do what you want but i'm not obligated to like it either um it's perfectly fine execution like it's just no thanks definitely no thanks uh the ballads they all sound like they're just trying to repeat we get another diane warren i I believe on this one yeah we all fall down we all fall down that's awful uh it was awful (laughs) same thing with i think well what could have what could have been love i they all sound like they're trying to repeat the success of don't want to close my eyes and they don't feel like there's personality. They just feel sort of vapid and like, all right, Steven, just go make, make a hit please. Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe that's why they don't work. Um, Maybe why they weren't hits. Uh, I also found that another last goodbye. is kind of a depressing last song because it, the fact that Steven Tyler at, I don't know, 60, whatever can do that is stunning. Yeah. But that is that is the only thing on this song. It is the most sort of like milk toast boilerplate. Like I, I just 
I didn't feel any other band members on this. It just, I don't know. I find that one depressing, but amazing vocals. Just, it doesn't, that doesn't make, that's not all you need for a song. Just a bunch of, you know, sort of like uh, really vague, you know, lyrical ideas. And I just all felt recycled. G- give me the top like seven or really, I don't think there are seven songs that I love. There's maybe six. And then like, give me like three or four that I, that I didn't mind. And there'd be a pretty good album. I do think this is better than just push play though. Um, it feels a little less trying to like, or maybe it's just, it's, it's been a little bit later and it, it, there isn't such a distinctive uh, movement in music that they're trying to la- latch on to. But um, you heard some songs that reminded me like, uh, the Hamilton song tell me was kind of cool because it sounded mm-hmm. like it could have been on get a grip. Um, kind of like that one. I don't think it was great. It was felt like a worse version, but you know, it was, it was decent. Uh, legendary child sound like toys. Like you guys said, rocks, uh, out the lights. Um, it, it had some good callbacks to stuff that I like, but man, it bloated just too many songs. And a lot of, I just, get rid of at least five to eight songs. And I'd be like surprisingly good final album from Aerosmith as it is. Well, at least it's not just Bush play. See, I'm going to, I'm going to disagree with you guys on a few points. I, I agree that there are too many tracks on here. They need to take all the country music out of it. Get Carrie Underwood out of here, get Diane Warren out of here. Um, get all those out of there. I completely agree with that. Um, I'll go the lights. I thought was phenomenal. Um, and I totally disagree with you on another last goodbye, Dan. I thought that was an incredible song. I thought it was a great way to end the album. I thought it was, yes, it's cheesy. Uh, no doubt about that, but it's Aerosmith. <laughs> so you got, you got to remember where you're, where you're starting from. Um, but I thought it was a great last song for them to record and, and put out. And Zach, I also agree. I'm very glad that this was their last album, but not exactly for the same reason. I think that there was a lot of good in it. I think it had some great moments with Joe Perry and Steven Tyler writing songs again together. And it was good to see that again, um, considering the last time they had successfully done that was 97 mm-hmm. and maybe before that even. So it was nice to see that the two of them writing songs. And there's a couple other credits on here too. We've got, uh, Whitford and Kramer and Hamilton on a couple of songs, but um, yeah, for for me it was a pleasant surprise. I was dreading this album too, but man, it it's not perfect. I I will I would never say that it was, and it's not top three, not top five. Um, it's not one that I can listen to front to end, but I am I am very happy with it as as a final album for the band because there are some real good points in it and I can skip through the country songs without having yeah. to listen to those. So well, the, yep. the highs are much higher than they were on just push play. I'll, yes. I'll, I'll agree with you there. Absolutely. So, yeah. You guys have any, uh, any other thoughts on this one? Nope. No, I think we're, we're done with Aerosmith, aren't we? Yeah. So let's, uh, let's recap this segment real quick. If you had one album, um, which one do you take out of these four? Oh, I mean, it's it's Bobo or it's, uh, or Nine Lives. Yeah, but. it's it's almost certainly honking on Bobo for me. Yeah, I, I like Bobo. Nine Lives a lot. A lot of yeah. a lot of 
teenage memories associated with that one. And there's and it's, right. it's a solid album. Listen, I will go with a Bobo because there's no pink on Bobo. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Nine Lives is very close for me. I, I'm I'm high on that album, higher than you guys are, I think. But um, that one that one really jumped out and and uh, and caught my imagination again. And, but yeah, Bobo is there's no bad songs on there. There's no pink. I don't know about you're about bang yeah, on cherries. Definitely a honking on Bobo. Right. Yep. Uh, I think that's uh, an easy I, one. Just just push play did some cool things that I wasn't expecting. Uh, but if I only had one of these four, it's gotta be honking on Bobo. And that was yeah. that was assumed going into it, and it's assumed going out as well. <laughs> yep. Um, are you ride or die for Aerosmith? Well, let's let's define what that means. Does that mean that uh, you love the entire the entire catalog, like through and through? Does that I, mean that I would say that it is you love the band and are willing to forgive their transgressions? And yeah. there aren't there aren't too many transgressions. A, exactly. Yeah, I, I'm definitely. I, I would say in that in that context, I'm definitely ride or die uh, with with Aerosmith. And given the fact that I didn't, I I knew knew them pretty well, but not nearly as intimately as I do now. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's actually much higher now. I, like I've I've already made a super mix playlist that that I've been throwing all of the tracks from each one of these albums that I absolutely loved onto it. Nice. So that I can play that and go, you know, and, and not not necessarily have to go through all the uh, all the albums, but I I'm, I tell you one thing, I am revisiting Rocks all the mm. way through again multiple times and probably Toys in the Attic and probably the the first the first Aerosmith album, mm. the self-titled one. Those those ones were really strikingly good in a way that I wasn't wasn't exactly prepared for and didn't didn't know about before this. And the same goes for some of the '80s ones as well. Um, but I think those earlier ones they really were on the top of their game, and especially Rocks, they knew what they were doing. Uh, I think that's secret perfect Aerosmith album that people don't really fully understand you know, f- from having an outside perspective of the band. Yeah. The hits weren't as big on that one, but like that thing is packed full of great songs, not a weak moment in it. Absolutely. How about you, Dan? Are you, uh, you ride or die? Uh, yeah, I know the definition. I wouldn't say I, I love everything they do and they are prone to when, when they, when they tip over for me from, I like this to, I don't, it's, it's a, it's a big drop. Like when, when, when it's, quote unquote bad Aerosmith for me, it drives me crazy. But the vast majority of their stuff is good. Um for me, Zach, you mentioned that you didn't really know much about the early stuff. Well, when we started listening, Dave, you've mentioned that that um, you know, late like 80s and early 90s Aerosmith is is what made you fall in love with Aerosmith. Mm-hmm. That era did not make me fall in love with with Aerosmith. I fell in love with Aerosmith when you played um, Pandora's Box for me, um, mm-hmm. and I learned about the early stuff. That's what I fell in love with. So I knew I was going to love, you know, playlist number one. You know, the first four albums. I knew right. I was going to love that, and I did. And then I knew because some I knew some of the songs off the second era. I knew that I was I liked them a little more than a lot of people do, and they it was maybe even better than I remembered. And then I thought. Uh, the sort of like, I always kind of like permanent vacation, but I never really gave pump and I kind of forgot about get a grip a little bit. I just remember the hits, you know, mm-hmm. but that era it, it, I was like, wow, this holds up really well. Um, it's not perfect, you know, 
Uh, and Done With Mirrors, I was mildly disappointed in. I thought I was going to like it more. But the other three I liked more than I, I thought I was – well, Pro Vacation, I had a good feel for because I listened to that one a lot. But Pump and Get a Grip, I was like, man, these are better than I gave him credit for. Uh, it sort of brought up that era. The final era is totally hit or miss. Um, <laughs> great stuff and terrible stuff. Uh, I expected – to like nine lives i it exceeded my expectations i expected to like honking on bobo it, it, it exceeded my expectations i didn't expect to like the other two and i would say that music from another dimension surprised me but jaded was very disappointing so really what are we talking about like two albums that i'm like now nah, i don't need to go back to right. like out of what 13 or something 15 15 that's a great yeah. track record i i would say under the, what what we define ride or die i would say yeah they had strong stuff off from the beginning all the way till the end. They had strong moments and uh, far out. The good far out seeds the bad. So yeah, I would say ride or die for Aerosmith. Now, Dave, let's let's not keep them in suspense any longer. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt um, or any surprise that I am definitely ride or die. Um, I came into this this one. This is I think our our ninth or tenth band that we've done this with, and um, I had a lot of trepidation about it because I didn't want to. I didn't want to have to scrutinize, you know, my favorite band, right? But man, they they lived up to it. A lot of the a lot of the albums were even better than I had remembered. There's only one album that I wouldn't bother putting, you know, wouldn't bother listening to at all, and, and that's uh, what is it? Rock in a hard place. There just wasn't just what isn't anything on that one for me. But I think every single all fourteen of the other albums have at least three or four tracks that I like on them. And I can't say that about most bands and one of their albums, you know, that they have three or four tracks on them that I like most, most bands, you get one, two good songs. And, and then that's, you know, that's all you get here. We've got a band that's got 15 albums and dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens. I, I could listen to, I think, 10 of these albums front to back and not have a single complaint about any of the songs. Yeah, there'd be songs I don't like as much as the as the good ones, but they're they're phenomenal. I absolutely love them. I'm, I, that said, I hope they don't come out with anything else. <laughs> another blues cover uh, album would be okay with me. Maybe another cover album, yep. <laughs> they're supposedly doing their their final tour, their peace out tour right now. Yeah. Um, I checked and tickets range from a hundred to $3,000. If you guys want to go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Joey Kramer's not even touring with them, you know, yeah. unfortunately yeah, I don't know if it's a health thing or what, but I mean, they're, they're old as shit now. So it's yeah, I don't blame them. Can you imagine being in your seventies having rock, you know, been on stage for 40 years and still having to drum. Yeah. And I also, just, like yeah, no, it, it that's the most physical of all all the uh, of the instruments in, in, in a traditional rock band, and the fact that yeah, there was a blip, but it's the same guys that started out back in like seventy two or whatever, right? And they're all still alive, which is kind of remarkable right. based on yeah. their lifestyle. Two of them should have know? been dead at least twice, you know. Yeah, it's, not, it's not like the other guys were living like the puritanical life either, you exactly. know. Exactly. No, I know. It's 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 awesome that they they made it that long and. Hey, you know, maybe it's time to walk away. And if they want to do one one last grand tour with the four four of the guys that can, you know, that's great. You know, they got they're set, they're set for life. Anything they do is gravy. And you know, even when we talked about you two and their god awful, you know, forty whatever, 
Well, I don't have to listen to it ever again. I don't (laughs) like they can do what they want. It's it's their choice. You know, you get to be old and grumpy and and follow your sort of desires when when you're set financially. And that's what they're doing. And that's what Aerosmith is doing. And uh, I don't begrudge them one bit. All right. I'm going to ask the real hard questions here. You get one album of these 15. Which one do you take? Uh, I, I would, I kind of want to say get a grip just because it's, (laughs) it's the one that like, I really, really, you know, the, I think the first one that I bought and the, and the one that I really warmed up to, but I, I still keep going back to rocks because that one surprised me the most as the thing that I was, I didn't know anything about. And Mm -hmm. It, and it's still relatively new. So I think from that perspective, I'd rather have something that I haven't spent so much time with so that I could, you know, get to know it more and enjoy it more. So I, I think I would go with rocks. How about you, Dan? Well, my top three Aerosmith albums ever are self-titled toys and rocks. So it's down to those three. Um, not that they don't have great stuff after that, but those, those are my three favorites. I'd probably it's probably down to rocks or self-titled because I think rocks is stronger start to finish than toys and has, has fewer songs that have been played so much on the radio, even though they're still great. Sweet emotion and walk this way are Mm -hmm. still great. to Listen to, I have heard them a lot. So like Zach said, it's a little rocks is a little fresher. I just have this very special affection for that first album. I just, I just love the crappy production. The really stripped down, <laughs> like the interplay with the guitar is much more audible because they're playing fewer like power chords and, and and stuff like that. I'll go with the first album. I know that Rocks is a better album, but for me, if I had to choose one from now till the end, I I can't give up. Dream on, um, uh. Moving out, uh, moving out, and one yeah. way street. Those, those are maybe mm-hmm. my three favorite Aerosmith songs. So yeah, for me, it's self-titled. It's very close, but and I, again, I think you're right. I think Rocks is better, but I got to go self-titled. Yeah, so I have three number one favorite Aerosmith albums, um, and they are the self-titled album Rocks and Pump. Hmm. And if I had to pick one. It would. I'm gonna say it's Pump. Isn't it great that we chose three different albums? Yeah, yeah. and I understand your reasoning for all of all three. You know, like it, it yeah. makes sense to me. Yeah, I think I think, man, Last Child is so good, and that just the bluesy funk of that of Rocks is so good, and then the the innocence of of the original one is so good and like you said the the strange production quality dan and you know dream on of course but i i feel like uh janie's got a gun and f-i-n-e and monkey on my back man those those are the songs that i that i I just wouldn't be able to go without for being honest well you you, that's what you fell in love with that's Mm -hmm. like you know what i mean like that totally makes sense to me yeah, that's why Zach was considering Get a Grip, which is, yeah. I think, objectively not on the same level. I mean, it's good. No, it's just not on the same level. But that's the one he fell in love with, right. and that's for me why I chose the self-titled. 
I like Pump, but what really caught me was self-titled, and what really caught you was Pump. So it makes sense. It's it's maybe not rational, but it's like it's it's just how you feel about it. You, there's a special level of of affection, you know, wrapped up wrapped up in nostalgia and and everything else. Yeah. Oh, right. it's been an incredible roller coaster ride. This, yeah. They have just an amazing body of work. And, and I really, I really, you know, in my mind, I think they, they probably could like, could have been done when Joe Perry and, and Brad Whitford left, because yeah. that's usually a thing that breaks up a band right. and they persevered and they came out with some albums that didn't quite the, it wasn't like the full group, but they persevered and they got through it and they, they came back super strong and, and it's great. It's great hearing that story throughout the music as well. Like you can yeah. read about that on Wikipedia, but you can hear it in the music because you can, you can hear where they began and where they, where they went and how they kind of hit the heights. And then it started to fall apart and the drugs took over and then they started to go downhill and, it, and it's really very apparent in how in their mindset and and what they were writing in the music, and so it's been it's been a great roller coaster ride going through all this. Yeah. Well, I got one last question for you guys, um, and I'll answer for myself first. Do you like Aerosmith more now than when you started this um, this ride or die listening this last two months of ride or die? I do. I appreciate them more now than I did coming into it. What about you, Zach? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they were, you know, kind of mid mid range band that I'd listen to sometimes. Want to throw on a, a playlist or something like that, and now it's something that I I want to revisit a lot of these moments that were enjoyable and the the the, the songs that I, some of them I didn't know about, some of them I did but didn't really fully appreciate. And now it's all much more ingrained and more present. And I'm, you know, like I said, I made that, I made the super mix. I'm going to be uh, refining that and, uh, and, and putting that on pretty regularly now. You know, when you're 13 and you, you declare your favorite band, right? Oh no, yep. no. Aerosmith is definitely my favorite band, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then you actually get into a lot of music, <laughs> you know, like you, I get into Tom Petty and you, Nirvana happens and um, you realize that Soundgarden's the best of the grunge bands and you know you just listen to all kinds of different music and then you kind of look back and it's like well I mean Aerosmith's still there and you know they're my favorite band but um, I don't know I don't find myself actually listening to them that much but having gone through this I would I am certain now that they are my favorite band it was so much fun listening to all the music, listening in this context, you know, just this timeline of, of their career. So yeah, I, I would say, and I didn't think this would be true, but I do like Aerosmith more now than I did coming in. Well, you said you were nervous. What if, what if they don't live up to your, you know, right. your memories? Sometimes you go back and you're like, Oh, I think it happens less with music, but uh, it, it, it is great that I think, I think the, for me, the later stuff surprised me. By, by how worthwhile it is. Um, yep. Even if it's not exactly what I want from Aerosmith, it's still incredibly good. If you liked what you heard here today, uh, you can find all of our stuff on 64tacos.com. And if you really liked it, you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash 64tacos and uh, buy us a taco. Thanks for listening. Uh-huh.
I caught it on audio. 